Welcome wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host Brandy and on the show we talk about all things wrestling. From AEW to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On tonight's show I'm going to be doing a double feature, sort of. Bear with me. For NXT and NXT UK for 727, 729, 83, and 8.5. We're going to cover NXT from 8.3. And it's going to kind of go into NXT from 727. So bear with me. It's going to make, probably right now you're a bit confused and it doesn't seem like it's going to make a lot of sense. But trust me, it's going to kind of keep you up to speed with what's going on. A3's NXT starts with Hit Row. They come out. Now, for those of you who know Hit Row's been running their mouth as of late and been really disrespecting Wigardo Phantasma and Escobar. We know they've been doing this. It's been very disrespectful lately. This feud between these two teams has been absolutely incredible. It's been absolutely incredible. Now, fast forward to 727. Hit Row had a match with Imperium. It was an incredible match, guys. Absolutely incredible. It involved Adonis and Top Dollar versus Imperium. Absolutely incredible match, guys. It was absolutely an incredible match. Absolutely fantastic. Of course, B-Fab and Swerve Scott on the outside of the ring expected that match to happen. It was a really, really, I mean, really, really good match with Imperium, of course, getting the win on Hit Row. After the match was over, Legardo El Fantasma and Escobar took a cheap shot at Hit Row. Literally took a cheap shot, which started a feud between these two teams leading up to the match for this week, 8-3, involving Hit Rose, Adonis and Top Dollar versus Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza with Escobar at ringside and B-Fab and Swerve Scott, the North American champion, at ringside. This, guys, was an incredible match between two of the best teams there is. Escobar back and forth pacing in the ring. You could see him outside the ring pacing back and forth. Not quite sure how what he was going to do. And you know Escobar. We all know Escobar. Him and Swerve are notorious for, you know, cheating, for getting involved, trying to cause a distraction. These two, these two, these four gentlemen really brought it the best out in each other. They really did. It was incredible. Adonis, Top Dollar even impressed me. Guys, I would not believe I would ever say that because I'm not a big fan of Hit Row. And I'm promising you, even after I said that Top Dollar impressed me, I'm still not a big fan of Hit Row. I don't think Hit Row's ever really going to get my attention. That could change. I said the same thing about Dexter Loomis. That could change. But right now, I'm just not on board the hit row train. I just can't seem to get past it. I think Swerve Scott's a great competitor. Singly, he's fantastic. He's amazing. Adonis, absolutely incredible as a singles competitor. He showed us what he can do not only on 205 Live, but on NXT. He's an incredible competitor. Top dollar, he's really good. As a singles competitor, this man could really go 
places in NXT. He could do incredible things. But but that being said, and that being said, I am not on board the Hit Row train. It's an incredible match. It really is. It's an amazing match between these four competitors. It does end, of course, with Hit Row's Adonis and Top Dollar getting that win. Good win for them. I'm happy to see that it was, I'm telling you guys, it was not a fair win. I will promise you right now, it was not a fair win. Escobar, yes, he did get up on the, on the side of the ring several times, but Escobar was not the reason that Joaquin Wilde and Rob Mendoza lost. Swerve Scott and B5 played a serious role in Top Dollar and Adonis getting this win. It's a good win because they're coming off of the loss from Imperium last week. So you can imagine that they're, you know, they're wanting to get, you know, at least one good win under their belt. And it kind of affirms this feud between these two teams. It kind of makes this feud stronger. It really does. But after the match, Lagardo goes off. I mean, literally, Rob Mendoza, Joaquin Wilde, and Santos Escobar just really hit. Hit row. They hit them hard. I mean, this isn't a nice match by any means. It is a beatdown. A serious beatdown. And they literally take it to not only Top Dollar and Adonis, but they also go after Isaiah Swerve Scott. And Escobar wants that North American title. He wants to take it off of Swerve Scott so bad he can taste it. And you can see that fire. You can see that passion. And he destroys Isaiah Swerve Scott. He goes so far, guys, as to pull his gold grill that is on his teeth off of his teeth. He pulls them out of his mouth. I mean, yank out it comes. It comes out of Swerve's mouth. He goes that far. Oh, I got a trophy. Looky, looky, looky. Escobar does what Escobar does best. But when he's in the process of beating the heck out of Swerve Scott, because the other two have been took out. There's no Adonis. There's no Top Dollar. They've been took out. They are completely wiped the heck out. I mean, you thought what Imperium did was bad. The beatdown from Lagarda was worse. It's absolutely worse. And it, it, literally, they're destroying him. B-Fab, being the brave girl that she is, gets into the ring and hits Joaquin Wilde with a chair from behind. Oh, girl. That was either brave or dumb. I don't know which one it was, but that was stupid to do that. But it's a good enough distraction for Adonis and Top Dollar to get back into the ring and swerve to get away from a beatdown from Escobar. Because I'm telling you guys, go back and watch this on social media. Escobar gets the heck took out. It's nasty. It's ugly. Oh, it's bad. It's real bad. I mean, it's bad. But at the very end... He's holding Scott's grill. Escobar's up there taunting. Look what I got. I got your I got your gold teeth. Look, look, look. I got a trophy. One up on you. To me, this is setting up. This is literally setting up a feud between Escobar and Isaiah Swerve Scott for that North American title. It is literally setting it up. You see it coming. You know it's coming. Like I said, it was a great win for Hit row after their loss last week to Imperium. So I mean, it's it, it's it's a really good fight. I mean, it really is. Well, now all of you are going to be scratching your head, so I'm kind of going to give y'all up to speed what's going on. Seven twenty-seven. Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan had a match against Tommaso Ciampa 
and Toothless Timmy, a.k.a. Thatcher, Timothy Thatcher. It was a great match, guys. I will tell you right now, it was an excellent, superb match. These four gentlemen gave it all they had in the ring. And really, Tommaso Ciampa gave Pete Dunne a run for his money. He really did. And I got to give props to, to, to Thatcher. Thatcher did a great job. Of course, it did end with Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa getting beat fair and square by Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan. The reason why I'm telling you about that match is to bring you up to speed with what's about to come next for 8-3. After that match, after that match was over, we got a surprise. A surprise we weren't expecting. Now, for those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, I'm going to bring you up to speed. A few, about seven, eight, about, no, I think it was about 10 months ago, we had a superstar from NXT UK called Rich Holland. He's an incredible, phenomenal athlete. This man has got ring skills like you wouldn't believe. He's incredible. And he had a match against Oni Lorican, one of the others that was facing Thatcher and Champa. During that match, an accident ensued, which caused them to end the match relatively quickly, where Holland fell in the wrong position and not only messed up the tendons in his right leg, but also destroyed his ACL and MCL in the process. It was a devastating, could have been a career injury for him, taking Holland out for 10 months. We've not seen Rich Holland since. Fast forward to 727 after the match with Thatcher and, Tom and Tommaso Ciampa, where Pete Dunne and only Lorcan won fair and square. Rich Holland makes his surprise return. And not only your significant, oh great, he's going to go after Oni Lorcan and finish, you know, settle the score with what happened to his leg. He pulled the Rohan Raju from NXT UK. He sided with Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan and takes out Tommaso Ciampa and Thatcher in brutal fashion. I mean brutal fashion. Leading up to what now we see as possibly a new faction being formed in NXT involving Holland, Dunne, and Lorcan. Going to be interesting to see where this goes. The reason why I brought up that match is because we have Ninjaro versus Rich Holland. Now, for those of you who are going Ninjaro, who is he? He was from the breakout tournament. He was, you know, the high flyer from the breakout tournament. Some of you guys might recognize him, and if you don't, go look up on social media from New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's where he came from when he joined NXT. This is a beatdown match. I'm going to be honest right now. This is a beatdown match from the start. There is no disputing. There is no arguing. There is no feuding. This is a beatdown match. Holland wins this match without a shadow of a doubt. The Pete Dunn comes in at the end of the match and solidifies basically their new faction, telling anybody that wants to come at him, come at him. If you think you can beat him, he's classic fashion. Prove me wrong. Yada, yada, yada. We know about this. We're we're done with this. Okay, we we have established her as a new faction, and it involves Pete Dunne, Oni Lorcan, and Rich Holland. It's going to be interesting to see where this faction goes and what we could see come out of this. I mean, could they go for the tag titles? Could they go for the NXT title? I wouldn't, but they could. I mean, the skies could they go for the North American title? The sky's the limit as to what these three could possibly do and what kind of damage they could cause. In NXT. Now we move on. There was a promo on 727. We all saw the week prior to 727 on NXT. 
Bobby Fish and and Koshida come out and attack Roderick Strong and uh, Tyler Russ and the others from you know, Michael Bivens' Diamond Mind. We knew this was going to happen because Bobby Fish still has some bones to pick with some of the other members of the Undisputed Era, so we knew that was coming. We expected that. We knew that was going to happen. Leading up to this week, there was a pro last week on 727, there was a promo cut with Michael Bivens and Roderick Strong. Basically, Roddy's claiming that he was the true leader of the Undisputed Era, that Bobby Fish was just a tag-along, that Fish, you know, rode on his coattails. Come on, we know Bobby Fish. We know what Bobby Fish is capable of. This man is a is a lethal machine when he's put into a ring. We all know that Roderick Strong was the follower of the Undisputed Era. He really was. He was the last member to join the group. Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole were already terrorizing NXT prior to Roderick Strong joining the group. Roddy was also the little tag-along when it came to the tag titles. Because when Bobby Fish would go out with an injury, who stepped into his place but Roderick Strong? Strong never truly held a title within the Undisputed Era. Never really. Anytime that Roddy won a title, or even had a chance at a title, Undisputed Era was always protecting his back. I'm not saying Roderick Strong is in a good competitor. He is. He's an excellent competitor. But you cannot go claiming that you are the glue that held Undisputed Era together. That you were the leader and that Bobby Fish was the tag along. We all know darn well you were the one that went, which way do we go Cole? Which way do we go? We all know that. We know that. We know it for a fact because Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole were already terrorizing NXT long before you got into the Undisputed Era. So don't even go run in your mouth. But of course he did in the promo, which led up to the fight between Roderick Strong of Diamond Mine versus Bobby Fish. This was a fight long time coming. We were waiting for this fight. I was waiting to see just what Bobby Fish would do to Roderick Strong after his comments the week before on 727. This was an incredible match, guys. It was an absolutely phenomenal, fantastic match. I was absolutely and utterly impressed with this match. There was nothing that I could say bad about it. It was a very hard-fought battle between two former best friends, two former partners that really gave it all they had. Everything. Bobby Fish really showcased why he belonged in NXT. Why he was there. I mean, this guy is an amazing competitor, and I have to give him props for props is due, because he's good. He really is. It was a great match. Of course, Roderick Strong did win that match, but it was not an easy win. Fish did not make it easy for him at all. He did not. Kind of looking forward to seeing what might happen next with these two. Where they could possibly go. What could possibly happen. I'm excited to see it. I really am. I really am. I'm excited to see what happens. It's going to be interesting. So we all saw the week before the whole thing involving Camber Grimes and LA Knight. They were out on the golf course and the grizzled young veterans kind of did you know, get him off, run their mouth a little too much on, you know, and kind of got a little disrespectful and stuff. This was, you know, we all saw that. We knew it was coming, which led up, of course, to Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. I was kind of excited about this because I thought, okay, L.A. Knight might actually be turning a corner. We might actually be seeing L.A. Knight do something different, something we're not used to seeing. 
Unfortunately, I was wrong because this match literally was a smack in the face to Cameron Grimes. Really a smack in the face. A blatant disrespect on someone who really is a good talent in NXT. If you can tell by my voice, you know who won the match. Grizzled Young Veterans, but I'm going to tell you why. During the match, Cameron Grimes goes to tag. I mean, he literally goes to tag LA Knight. And LA Knight's asking for the tag. He's got his hand out. He's going, come on, reach, 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 get to me. I'm going, you know, come on, we're going to take care of this. And when he gets to Cameron, when Cameron Grimes gets to him, he jumps off the ring. Off the ring side and starts stepping back, leaving Cameron Grimes alone to get the beat down from the Grizzled Young Veterans. Don't get me wrong, Cameron Grimes does give it, it his all when he's left alone. And he really does, really does showcase what he can do. He really does put a beat down on the Grizzled Young Veterans. But he's seriously, the numbers game. Numbers game had Cameron Grimes from the beginning. This man stood no chance of beating the Grizzled Young Veterans by himself. There was no way. And of course, like I said, the Grizzled Young Veterans did win that match. Sad to say it, but they did. But what happens after the match, I knew this was coming. I had called this for a while. For those of you who didn't see the one involving the golf course, at one point, Cameron Grimes is going out to get the ball. I discussed this in the podcast, but I'm going to discuss it again. He's going out to get the ball for LA Knight when he accidentally shoots it into the water. This happened on 727. This particular incident happened on 727. Go look it up. It's absolutely it's absolutely an amazing, amazing storyline. But he's out getting the war, getting the ball out of the water, and Ted DiBiase pulls up in a golf cart and tells Cameron, What are you doing? You're better than this kid. You know you're better than this. You you're not his errand boy, and you know you're not. So why are you doing this? I understand that you're a man of your word, and I respect you for being a man of your word, but you're better than this. You're not his lackey. You don't have to do this, Cameron. You don't have to do this. And Ted leaves it alone. Fast forward from 727 to 8-3. And Cameron Grimes has just lost a match to the Grizzled Young Veterans due to L.A. Knight abandoning him and leaving him on the side to defend, defend for himself. After the match is over, Ted DiBiase comes out to the ring. And basically walks up to Cameron and he's kind of, you know, comforting Cameron and trying to make Cameron feel better. And he tells him, look, that, that, that needs to get, you need to get out of this situation right now. Any way you could possibly get out of this situation, you need to get out of it. You really do. You need, you, you're better than this. Like I told you last week on 727, you're better than this. You know you are. You are better than this kid. You don't have to keep doing this. You need to find a way to get yourself out of this situation. And then he helps him out of the ring and helps him to the back. I told you guys, a few weeks back, I thought Ted DiBiase was going to play a key role in the Cameron Grimes L.A. Night situation. I knew it was going to happen. It was setting that way. I knew it was coming. So I, I expected it. I absolutely and utterly expected it. Good to see that, you know, I, that, that Ted, I was right, Ted DiBiase. How he's going to play into this storyline with Cameron Grimes and LA Knight completely, I don't know. It hasn't completely unfolded yet. So we're going to be, it's going to be interesting to see where it unfolds and how it goes. Going to be interesting to see what happens. Could we see it take over 36, a fight between LA Knight and Cameron Grimes for the million dollar title and for Cameron to get out of it? And could Ted DiBiase play a role? It's highly possible. It's very possible that we could see this and the real true owner of the million dollar legacy 
gets his, gets his million dollar legacy. That's just how I feel about it. I think that's what's going to happen. I don't know. But it could be unfold a different way. We don't know. It's going to it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Now, we see Samoa Joe in the ring. He's cutting a promo, guys, and I'm going to explain to you. Fast forward back to 727. 727 was a big night, guys. It was a huge night. And this is going to link to what's going on on 8-3 with Samoa Joe. I'm going to bring you up the speed so you know what's happening. Samoa Joe on 727 marches down to the ring and sets up an impromptu contract signing. Table set out. Black notebook sitting on the table. You're not quite sure what's going on. What's Samoa Joe up to? We knew Karen, he knew Karen Cross wasn't in the building or not because Karen Cross was had been at Monday Night Raw and had missed his red eye flight to get back to NXT. So we knew Karen Cross wasn't there and he knew he wasn't there. Well, he needs to see Regal and he wants to tell us Regal, you need to join me out in the squared circle right now. Guys, remember this is 727. It's going to explain what's going on on 8-3. Tells him I need you out in the squared circle right now. Well, of course, Regal comes up and he's ready, you know. To fire, you know, fire Cross for attacking, attacking him last week. He won. Regal wants to fire Karrion Cross. Panic button. Whoa! Stop! You're overreacting. Chill. We don't need the NXT champion being fired. You calm down a second, Regal. There's no need for all that. But he tells pretty much tells him, "Look, I want to fire Karrion Cross for attacking me last week." Joe goes, "No, no, 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 Regal. I have a better plan." I have another plan in mind. And he kind of flips that black book open. 727, guys. Remember, this is for 727. This is going to explain 8-3. And when he flips the book open, we see a contract. And he kind of slides it, slides it over to Regal. And Regal looks at it and he goes, I'm going to explain this to you so you understand. I am formally resigning as general manager's enforcer for NXT. You're what? Regal's shot. NXT Universe is shot. I'm pretty sure you guys listening to this right now are in shock on what? You do what? And he goes, and here's the reason why. Because if I do that, I get to challenge Karrion Cross for the NXT title. Regal is not quite sure what to say about this. And he's looking over that contract and, you know, pretty much, you know, kind of looking at it going, hmm, I don't know about this. But Regal being the businessman that he is and thinking, okay, maybe this is a better alternative to five than firing Karrion Cross. All right, I'll sign the paper saying that you will no longer be the enforcer for NXT. I will sign that. He signs it. Well, <laughs> contentions clause. Joe pulls out another one and slides it across the table and goes, you're going to reinstate me as NXT competitor. And at TakeOver 36, you're going to allow me to challenge Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship. Regal has that look of not happy on his face, and you can see it. Oh, you can see. He is not happy at all, but Regal signs it. So with that in mind, on August 22nd, at NXT TakeOver 36, we're going to see Samoa Joe Versus Karrion Cross. Fast forward to 8-3. Joe is doing a promo and he takes cheap shots at Karrion Cross and his NXT title. He takes a serious cheap shot at him. 
well, we're building up that feud between him and Carrie, and we're building it up huge. I mean, huge. This is going to be a big fight. To see Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross, this is going to be a big fight. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with this at TakeOver 36. Now, we go to 727 back up, involving Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. This will bring you up to speed to 8-3. Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai comes down to the ring, and Raquel basically asks who's going to be her next challenger because she's already beaten the best. She's dominated everybody in the women's division, and she thinks there's nobody left. Dakota Kai is in the ring with her. We all know the support from Dakota Kai and how pretty much Dakota Kai has, you know, been, you know, very supportive of her and vice versa with Raquel Gonzalez. And Dakota Kai starts talking up the champ. She's really talking up the champ, and, you know, everyone in the locker room's afraid to challenge her. Everyone's afraid to step up to her. There ain't nobody that can take her. The two of us together, you know, we're dominating. You know, we're the first NXT, you know, women's tag team champions. We've done all this together. We're incredible, absolutely amazing. She says, you understand, as long as you, as long as I'm with you, you will always have that championship. I will always be with you. And I will always defend you when it comes to that title. So she steps around and she goes, All right, anybody in the back? Does anybody want to step up and face Raquel Gonzalez at TakeOver 36? Any comers? Any takers? Do we have anybody that's afraid that wants to step up? Come on, do you want to come out here? Anybody? Any woman? Anyone that's afraid? You know, you're thinking Frankie Monet. You're thinking all these, you know, Ember Moon. You've got all these women flashing in your head. And the whole time, no one is coming out. Raquel and Dakota are standing tall, which leads credence to Raquel saying there's nobody left to challenge her. Nobody. It leads credence to that. Well, there is someone who wants to challenge her. And when Raquel's back is turned, Dakota Kai turns on Raquel Gonzalez. You heard me correctly, NXT Universe podcasting fans, my listeners, Dakota Kai turns on Raquel Gonzalez and beats her down. Literally beats her down. Picks up that title and holds it in her face, basically telling her, I'm your next challenger. I'm next. I told you, as long as I was with you, you would hold that title. I'm not with you anymore. That title is gone. It's gone. Shocker was not expecting that. Not expecting it at all. Fast forward to 8-3. Dakota Kai now needs to explain her actions on what she did to Raquel Gonzalez on 7-27. She needs to explain that. And she does. She says, you're nothing without me. I say you stay behind me. You, I told you to learn everything you possibly could. Without me, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be where you are. You wouldn't be NXT champion without me. You, you're, you. I did everything. Everything you asked me to do. Everything within my power that you wanted me to do, I did. Without question. Without, you know, I jumped through the hoops whenever you wanted me to. And then, you turn around and you accept Io Shirai's challenge. That should have been me. Whoa. Back up there a minute, Dakota. Hold on a second. Granted, I agree that you should have had an NXT title shot, but you can't blame that on Raquel Gonzalez. 
Io Shirai was NXT Women's Champion at that time. She had the authority and the right to go up to anyone and make that challenge. And who did she go to? Raquel Gonzalez. She went to her. She could have went to you. She could have done that, but Io did not. She chose Raquel. You can't go blaming Raquel for Io not making the choice, not choosing you. Io is the person who made that choice. Raquel did not go up to Io and go, oh, I challenge you. No, Io Shirai did. Granted, I agree that you deserve a title shot. Girl, I've been shouting it from the rooftop since day one that Dakota Kai was getting cheated out of a shot. I agreed with that. I believed it wholeheartedly that she deserved a shot. But you can't go blaming Raquel Gonzalez for getting the shot with Io because Io is the one that made the choice. Raquel didn't put it in her head. Raquel didn't go to her and, you know, say, hey, you know, I can beat you. Raquel never even bothered Io Shirai. Never. Until Io offered her the challenge. She made an offer. What was Raquel supposed to do? Say no? I mean, she could have granted, but come on, opportunity was knocking on her door. Pretty much EO handed her a golden ticket. She couldn't say no. I mean, that would be stupid to be given a golden ticket and say nope and reject it. EO wanted Raquel. She didn't want Dakota Kai. She wanted Raquel. To me, like I said, as a WWE women's fan and I support my women's division, Yes, Dakota Kai deserves a shot. She does. She's deserved it a long time ago. A long time ago. Back when Shayna Baszler had the title, she deserved a shot. But in my opinion, as a wrestling fan, Dakota Kai wasn't ready. I don't think she was prepared for at that time that Dakota Kai could not have held a title for very long. She would have had a very hard time because there was a lot of tougher competitors waiting in the wings to take Dakota Kai out. At that time, Io Shirai was one of the biggest problems that she would have Dakota Kai would have faced had she got the title back then. She, Shirai would have took it off of her in seconds. Within seconds. Now, the current Dakota Kai, oh yeah, that girl has has got the skills, has got the ring awareness, the ring experience to hold an NXT Women's Championship. Can she beat can she beat Raquel Gonzalez? I don't think so. I'm not saying that she can't, but I'm saying the Raquel that we see now is like like Oscar. She's like Shayna. She's like Ember. She is on fire. She is dominating. She is powerful. This girl has got some skills that Dakota Kai doesn't have. And it's going to put Dakota Kai at a disadvantage because Dakota Kai, granted, she knows Raquel Gonzalez. She knows how she works. She knows how she operates. But just because you know somebody doesn't mean you know everything about them. Does not mean that Dakota Kai knows everything about Raquel Gonzalez. A person, I mean, come on, Candice LeRae and, Sh and Io Shirai were close. They were very close. I mean, they were really, really close. They were as close as Asuka and Kylie, you know, and as close as Asuka, you know, and Kyrie Singh. They were very close. But Candace found out real quick, just because you think you know someone, 
doesn't mean that you know them completely. And EO proved it. EO proved it. Same scenario with Dakota Kai. Yes, you know Raquel Gonzalez. You know everything about her, or so you think. But just because you know her, you don't truly know her. You don't truly know what this woman is capable of. And when there is a title involved, it's a totally different story because you are fighting to keep that title. You are fighting to prove that you belong where you are, that you got that, not because your friend helped you, but because you worked for it. You earned it. Do I think Dakota Kai deserves the title? Yes, I do. Do I think that she deserves it on the circumstances of Raquel Gonzalez? I think she might have bit off more than she can chew. I mean, we found out what happened with Mercedes Martinez. She she did know Raquel Gonzalez very well. They knew each other back from the Mae Young Classic. They knew what they were capable, each other were capable of. And Mercedes Martinez found out real quickly she underestimated Raquel Gonzalez. And Dakota Kai didn't get involved in that match. It was all Raquel. Raquel won the whole damn thing by herself. So it proves. Another instance, you know, uh, Zia Lee. Zia Lee and Raquel know each other very well, but Zia, Raquel found out really quick you never underestimate Zia Lee. Because this is a totally different Zia Lee than the Zia Lee you knew. And like I said, when it involves a title, they're going to do something you're going to unexpect. And Dakota Kai might have bit off more than she could chew. She might have bit off just more than she could chew. And I kind of feel bad for her because she doesn't see the force for the trees. She doesn't see that she's jumping into a totally different set of circumstances. She's jumping into hot water, and she ain't even tested it yet. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens if they do put Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez for that title at TakeOver 36. We could see something we've never seen before come out of Raquel. We really could because it's a title involved. Friendships are thrown aside. When you put a title involved, friendships are thrown aside. It means nothing. It means absolutely positively nothing when it comes to friendships. It really does. Now, we've been talking about the breakout tournament. I'm going to fast forward back to 727 to kind of bring you up to speed with the breakout tournament. NXT's breakout tournament and 727 involved Carmelo Hayes and Josh Briggs. We've seen some really good, I mean really good competitors in this breakout tournament. It's been really good. I mean, Anybody that's involved in a breakout tournament, it gets really interesting. It gets really good. And you really enjoy watching these breakout tournaments and seeing these superstars blossom and become, you know, part of NXT and the NXT roster. You really get to see some really good talent that you might not have gotten to see before shine and it brings them up to the roster and everyone gets to see them for the first time. And we've seen some really good matches and we've seen some really good competitors in the breakout tournament. No exception when it comes to, you know, Briggs and Hayes. No exception. This is an incredible match. It's an amazing match. Now, remember, the winner of the breakout tournament gets a contract, similar to the Money in the Bank contract, but not exactly, that gives them, any time for a full year, an opportunity at any title in NXT. That means the North American title, and that means the NXT title. They can take that contract and give it to William Regal to set them up a match for those titles. So, it's good to see these competitors getting an opportunity to get this. 
So, of course, Hayes and Briggs, it's an amazing match. It's an incredible match, guys. If you want a chance to go, go watch the whole breakout tournament. You're not going to be disappointed. It's an amazing match. Of course, Carmelo Hayes does defeat Josh Briggs, advancing himself to the to the next part of the breakout tournament, which is an amazing, I mean, it's amazing. It's going to be an amazing match. It really is. Fast forward to 8-3. Breakout tournament again. This time, two more great competitors involved in the breakout tournament. Trey Baxter versus Joe Gacy. This is an incredible, Joe Gacy, if you've not seen this man, you need to go check him out. He's absolutely incredible. You need to go look at his matches because his style, his presence, his mannerisms, his whole attitude reminds me of a fiery young Kevin Owens. That's who it reminds me of. He's absolutely got that same passion and fire that young Kevin Owens and current Kevin Owens has now. Joe Gacy is amazing. He's absolutely amazing. Great person to have in our breakout tournament. Absolutely incredible. Great, you know, great showcase there. Absolutely amazing showcase. It's a great fight between him and Trey Baxter. Absolutely incredible. Trey Baxter, another great competitor. Love him. He's great. He's fantastic. He's amazing. You guys need to go check him out because he is an incredible competitor. Like I said, all these gentlemen in this breakout tournament are just amazing. They're fantastic. Go check them all out. They're, they really are. But this was a really good match between these two. And it really showcased kind of what the breakout tournament's all about. And it let you see what these two competitors can do in a ring. Of course, it did end, of course, with Trey Baxter winning that match. And advancing himself to the semifinals of the breakout tournament. I'm going to be interested to see who comes out being the final two who will face each other at NXT. I, you know, I'm really interested to see who it's going to be because it's going to be amazing to see what happens with these with these guys. It's going to be interesting to see who wins the whole thing. My bet is on either Carmelo Hayes or or you know Trey Baxter. That's my bet. I would love to see these two duke it out. It would be a great you know, great final match. Perfect to see who wins. I would love to see Carmelo Hayes win the whole thing. But it's going to be interesting to see who wins that one. Now, as I told you guys. We all know what's going on with Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross. We already know what's going on between these two, and it has been absolutely nasty. We know that at TakeOver, we are going to get to see these two duke it out for the NXT title. And their feud has been epic. The way they've been building this up, I've been waiting. Anxiously waiting to see how this thing was going to turn out. And it's turning out to be a really interesting one. And of course... We knew last week Carrion wasn't there. So Carrion really didn't get to defend himself with what Joe had done. Commentators talking about the breakout tournament and how wonderful it is. Carrion Cross interrupts them in the middle of their commentating. And jumps up on the content commentary's desk and starts provoking Samoa Joe. Classic Carrion Cross. I absolutely love it. Going from 727 to 83, you're really seeing how this thing builds up. It's absolutely incredible. And he provokes him in the worst way possible. Absolutely worst way possible. And Carrion Carrion just keeps going. Joe comes out. Well, along with Joe comes security at real William Regal, him being a competitor now. Puts with Joe. This is the same security that Joe was working with when he was the enforcer. Again, 
You provoked him. What did you expect was going to happen, Carrion? But he comes out. And security is trying to stop him all the way down the entrance ramp because they know this is going to turn into a nasty fight. So they're trying to stop him. They're trying to get him to not go after him. And Joe's going through security like it ain't nothing. Trying to get to Carrion. Carrion disappears. He gets off the commentator desk. We lose. We don't know where Carrion's going. I'm pretty sure the whole time Carrion's backing up to the crowd laughing at what Joe's doing. The whole time because he's like, I got under Joe's skin. I got him again. Joe's in the ring. Security gets in there, tries to bring him. Joe takes out the entire security. In Samoa Joe fashion, he wipes them all out. Leaves them decimated in the middle of the ring. It's absolutely incredible. And the whole time, Joe is literally screaming, Carrying Cross's name. The whole time, just Cross, he's mad. He's absolutely, positively mad. I'm telling you, this feud is going to be amazing. This fight at TakeOver 36 on the 22nd is going to be epic. It's going to be an epic match, I promise you. Now, rewind back to 727. You all know that Bronson Reed was supposed to have the fight with Adam Cole. We all knew it was coming. 727, that match did happen, and it was an incredible match, guys. Absolutely incredible. And the reason why I'm covering this is because of what happens on 8-3. It's an amazing match between Cole and Reed. Of course, Adam Cole does beat Bronson Reed in that match, fair and square. But what happens afterwards is absolutely brutal. Cole is outside celebrating his win when Kyle O'Reilly, out of nowhere, attacks Adam Cole and decimates Adam Cole outside the ring. Chairs, the steel steps, anything that he can use, he uses to destroy Adam Adam Cole. Fast forward to now. To 8-3. It has been announced. Adam Cole, of course, is not there tonight. It has been announced that next week on NXT, we will have a face-to-face -face with William Regal between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. I have a feeling this is leading up to TakeOver 36 involving a final match between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Now, I know some of you are scratching your heads going, final match, what? Huh? I'm going to bring you up to speed on something that maybe you guys don't know. Maybe you haven't seen it on social media, but I'm going to go ahead, since I'm in the Adam Cole rabbit hole, I'm going to go ahead and announce it. Adam Cole, as we know, as of... January, February of this year, he did not sign a new contract with NXT. He didn't do it. He did not sign a new contract. Since January, February of this year, he has been under what's called a free agent's contract. What a free agent's contract means is that they can go anywhere in WWE or anywhere that they choose to because they're a free agent. They're not technically signed by, any, by WWE at all. That's what a free agent's contract means, which also means they're only paid by their matches that they have and by their promos. That is the only way they're paid. As a free agent, you're not technically signed to WWE at all. You're pretty much able to do whatever you want. You have control of your character, your booking, you have control of everything. He's been on that free agent's contract since February or January of this year. Well, as of the end of July, which was July 27th, Adam Cole's free agent contract expired. 
Between that time, Adam Cole was in negotiations with NXT, and they were trying to get him to re-sign with NXT and stay with WWE. Adam Cole never agreed to it whatsoever. Never agreed. The only thing that Adam Cole agreed to at the time was that he would stick around under that free agent's contract through TakeOver 36. If an agreement is not made between Adam Cole and NXT or WWE as a whole at TakeOver by TakeOver 36, TakeOver 36 will be Adam Cole's last match in WWE. Now, I know that's got everybody's head scratching. What does that mean? If he does not sign a contract, another contract with NXT, being a free agent, just like AJ and some of the others, you know, AJ, Gallows, Anderson, they all came in as free agents. Adam Cole can go anywhere he wants, anywhere he chooses. He can stay with WWE if he chooses. He can go back to New Japan if he chooses. He can go, by, he can go to Impact. He can go to AEW. He can go wherever he wants. Now, with that being said, there are stories. These are stories. These are rumors that are online. They're not true. They're not factional whatsoever. There is no backup. This is just what David Mincer, giving props to David Mincer, and some of the others from Sports King, giving shout out to Sports King, and some of the others, Bleacher Report, another shout out to these guys that they have heard that Adam Cole has been, negotiations between Adam Cole and WWE has broke down. But Adam Cole has also been offered a multi-million dollar five-year contract with the company that his girlfriend Britt, Britt Baker is in, which is AEW. Now, like I said again, guys, this is just rumors. We have not, Cole has not confirmed it, nor has he denied it, that he has been offered a contract with AEW. Britt Baker has said that she thinks it, she thinks that wherever Cole wants to go, she's happy. She really truly believes, and she said this on a podcast, that Cole is happy, you know, being a free agent. He likes having that because he likes having control of what he does. In my opinion, as a wrestling fan, his best bet would be to leave WWE because obviously they're not doing anything with Cole. They keep putting him in fights with Kyle O'Reilly, and it's getting old. They're not really doing anything with Adam Cole, and to me, they're, Adam Cole's is spinning his wheels. And to me, I think he's done all that he can do with WWE. I definitely don't want him going to Raw or SmackDown, because we all know what happens when superstars like Adam Cole make it to Raw and SmackDown. They don't last very long. They get buried. Very quickly. It doesn't take long. They're only on high with them for so long before finally they get tired and they bury them. We all know this. We know, I mean, we've seen it happen to a lot of superstars. I mean, Aleister Black, Braun Strowman, we've seen it happen to a lot, a lot of them. It's happening to Karrion Cross right now. We, he's not even signed to Raw or SmackDown. He's still in NXT. We see it coming. We know what happens. We know what goes on. So in my truth and in my opinion as a wrestling fan, I think Cole's best bet would be to move on to greener pastures, to a better place. And in my opinion, the better place for Adam Cole would be All Elite Wrestling. And the reason I say this is not because I think it's a great, I mean, that it's the better promotion. Impact, New Japan, ROH, all these other NWA, they're great promotions. They're fantastic promotions. They have a lot to offer to Adam Cole. The difference is, is that Adam Cole, one, Britt Baker works for AEW. 
She is currently the AEW Women's Champion. Kenny Omega is in AEW. The Young Bucks, who are very close to call Adam Cole outside the ring, not only inside the ring, but like I said, outside the ring, is in AEW. Cody Rhodes, who is very close to Adam Cole outside of the ring, is in AEW. Hangman Adam Page, another friend of Adam Cole's, is at AEW. All of his friends right now are in All Elite Wrestling. So truthfully and honestly, by your process of elimination, All Elite Wrestling looks like the better position for Cole. Because he's gonna get he's not gonna be spinning his wheels. He's gonna get better opportunities. He's gonna get to decide how he does things, and he's gonna get to be Adam Cole. He's gonna get to do what Adam Cole does. And like I said, guys, if you've not seen it on social media, go look at it. It's all over the place. Cole has been to a lot of the AEW functions because his girlfriend Britt Baker works for the company. So it's only appropriate to see him there. It would only make sense for him to be there. That's my opinion. You may disagree. You may think he might be better on Impact. You might think he might be better on ROH. Heck, you might think he might be better on New Japan, NWA. You might even think that he deserves to be in WWE. But really, truly, honestly, as a wrestling fan, to me, he's spinning his wheels. He's done all that he can do for WWE, and he needs to move on to a promotion that's going to give him a better, broad range of ideas and not have to fight the same person over and over and over and over again. That's just my opinion. And also, going to a place where he's not going to get buried. That, to me, is the only fair thing for Adam Cole. So, now we move on. Last week, 727, the way he was having a little conversation and they were enjoying, you know, their spoil. You know, we haven't seen Austin Theory in a while and we're wondering what's going on with Theory. I'm hoping Th <clears throat> Theory's okay. I'm hoping that, you know, he's still in WWE and I'll explain here in a few minutes why I say this. But I'm hoping he's still with WWE. I'm hoping he's just taking some time off and having a vacation. And I hope that he returns soon. But we know that all this stuff that's been going on with Dexter Loomis and... Uh, Indy Hartwell. We all know this is what's been going on. Uh, Index, as they like to call them, which I love it. I love the little the little pet name. I think it's cute. I love it. I want Beth Phoenix. I love this little storyline between them. But they're having a conversation over what happened with Johnny Gargano and how he lost and blah, blah, blah. And Indy receives a present. And this present is a picture. We all know Dexter Loomis is a talented artist. He paints, you know, draws, and makes some really beautiful pictures. He really does, and they are really, really, I mean, they're lifelike. They're realistic. He sends a picture to Indy Hartwell of her, Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano, and him standing together as a group. Indy loves it. She thinks it's so sweet and she absolutely loves it. And Gargano keeps telling her, no, no way. I'm not letting him into this group. No way. He's not going to be part of the way. No, you're not going to be with him. Candace goes, you deserve so much better. Blah, 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 blah. And Indy finally goes, okay, hey, I got a way to solve this. Why don't you face Dexter Loomis next week in a match? You, Johnny Gargano, you and Dexter Loomis. Johnny goes, okay. I'll face him in a match, but if I win, Dexter Loomis thing is over. This ends. We, you do not talk to him. You do not see him. Y'all don't socialize. None of that. It ends now. It's over, done, walk away. But Indy goes, if 
He wins. He gets to be in the way with us, and you give him a chance. Gargano's not liking this idea, but Gargano's like, oh, okay, I'll go with it. Fast forward to 8-3, and we have a love him or leave him match. Johnny Gargano versus Dexter Lewis. This is an incredible match, guys. Absolutely incredible. Go check this match out. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It is an amazing match. Absolutely, positively amazing. It is incredible. I love this match. Great match. Fantastic match. Of course, it ends with Gargano winning the match, which we all know what that means. And I love him or leave him. If Gargano wins, she has to leave Dexter Loomis. I'm heartbroken. I feel so bad for Indy, and I feel so bad for Dexter. And you can see it. You can see the pain behind both their eyes. You feel terrible. Gargano and Candace are walking her up. What are y'all, her parents? Come on, guys. She's a grown woman. She can make her own decisions. Walking her up to the ring and up the ramp, and she turns around and sees Dexter in the middle of the ring, and she just can't take it. She can't do it anymore, guys. She can't. She just can't take it anymore. She takes off running, gets away from Gargano and Candace, runs into the ring, literally plows him down, and they kiss. Ah, Index is bored. I love it. I absolutely love it. They finally got to kiss. Yay! I'm so happy. Gargano and Candace, on the other hand, not too happy. Not happy at all. And guys, that is how 727 and 83's NXT's end with this happy little ending. This happy little ending, and Index is born. Okay, guys. So let's move on to NXT UK for 729 and 8.5. Let's cover 729 first. I'm going to give you a brief overview of the matches so you know what's going on. Jordan Devlin was facing Tristan Archer. I love Jordan Devlin. I've never said that I don't. Jordan Devlin is an incredible man. He's an incredible has an incredible match. You know, he shines, he showcases, he's a great, great performer. Tristan Archer, another good one. I'm telling you guys, if you guys have not seen NXT UK and their roster, you need to go check it out because they're absolutely incredible. They are great, great promotion. Great, great, you know, it's very hard to believe that they're part of WWE. It's very hard to believe because of how great they are and how much they utilize their group as a whole. Incredible, incredible, absolutely incredible. This was a great match. Of course, we know A-Kid is out with an injury, so we knew we wouldn't see A-Kid. But this is a great match. It really is between Tristan and Jordan Devlin. It's an incredible match. Fantastic match. I love this match. I'm not going to say that I don't because it was absolutely amazing. It does, of course, end, guys, with Jordan Devlin defeating Tristan Archer. It's a fair fight. The, uh, you know, he doesn't cheat. We all know he's the Irish ace, but he doesn't cheat, so it's an incredible match. Now, we all know what's been going on with Jenny and Ava Valkyrie. We all know what's been going on with these two. We knew what was going on with them. They've not exactly, you know, been nonchalant about it. And we know a week ago that Valkyrie did walk out to Jenny after the Supernova sessions and handed a feather to Jenny, basically telling her, you're next. I want to face you. I want to fight you. I want to beat you. The feud between between Jenny and Valkyrie has been incredible. It's been absolutely incredible feud. 
So we were expecting this feud to pick up. Why were left off after Valkyrie went out with injury? I promise you guys, it's an incredible match. It really is. It is an amazing match. I stand by the women's division. If you've not seen Jenny and you've not seen Eva Valkyrie, you need to check these two women out because these two women really are good. They're incredible in-ring performers. They're great athletes. I love them. They're absolutely fantastic. Great asset to the NXT UK women's division. Beautiful, perfectly great, perfectly matched. They're amazing. It is a great match between these two women. It's a great way to, you know, reinstate this feud that ended abruptly without, you know, with, you know without them being having a say-so of an ending. It's an incredible match. It's absolutely an incredible match, and it does end with Jenny defeating Eva Valkyrie. Does this mean this is the end between Jenny and Eva? Far from it. I don't see this feud being gone or done yet. I think this feud's going to continue and it's going to culminate into something very dangerous and very something very lethal. I'm expecting it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what these two women bring to the table against each other. Should Joseph Connors get involved? No. Lee Joseph Connors out of this because the boy's annoying. He really is. He brings Jenny down. He's annoying. And she brings him down. They're annoying. So then we get Stevie Turner versus Aaliyah James. This is an incredible. We've never gotten to see these two fight. So it's interesting to see these two in a feud. It's a good, you know, it's a good little, you know, side match. I love those side matches because you get the opportunity to see what other superstars can bring to the table. And they can possibly start a feud that can be really good. And it's a really good feud between these two. It's absolutely an amazing feud. It, I mean, it can really grow into something big. It's a great match. These two really showcase what they can do as a side match. It's absolutely incredible. But, of course, it ends with Stevie Turner defeating Aaliyah James. If you've not seen either one of these competitors, I highly recommend you get on your social media and go check them out. I highly recommend you go check out anybody on the NXT UK roster because they're incredible. NXT UK as a whole is absolutely amazing. That's why I said at the very beginning... I don't see this as a WWE platform because it doesn't act like a WWE platform. It stands on its own and it showcases what this group really can do. It stands alone. It doesn't need WWE to support it. It does fine on its own and it really showcases what European wrestling is all about. It showcases what these European talents can do. It really does because it's a broad band of amazing talent. Um, Stevie Turner. And Leah James being one of them. But this next group is really the backbone of what makes NXT UK so great. And I'm talking about Mustache Mountain. Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. These two are the part two of the founding fathers of NXT UK. They are amazing. If you've not seen Mustache Mountain, go check them out. If you've not seen Trent Seven or Tyler Bate in singles competition, go check them out. They're absolutely an amazing pair. And they're also amazing as singles competitors. They really showcase what NXT UK is all about. They really do. And they're facing semibiosis. We know what has been going on with semibiosis. Apparently, they have a problem with Mustache Mountain. 
And we all know that the feud between them has been ongoing for a while. And we were waiting for an opportunity to see this fight actually come to fruition. And it does. And it is an incredible example of what tag team wrestling in the UK is all about. It is an amazing match. It is an incredible match. And it really showcases what Semibiosis is all about. Primate and T-Bone Absolutely amazing. An amazing pair. And of course, Trent Seven, Tyler Bate. We understand why Tyler Bate's the Heritage Cup champion. We love it. I absolutely love it. You guys may disagree. You might like semibiosis. I'm not saying semibiosis isn't a good team. They are. But these two teams are perfect contenders for Pretty Deadly's tag titles. These two teams could actually give Pretty Deadly a run for their money because of how good they really are. Of course, that match does end with Mustache Mountain defeating Semibiosis. Just saying. Guys, you need to go check these guys out because the you need to go check out UK as a whole because this team, this group is incredible. They're absolutely incredible. I mean, they are absolutely fantastic. NXT is a brand all its own. It stands on its own. It showcases what it really can do. It showcases what they're really about, and I like it. So let's move on to NXT UK for 8-5. This is absolutely, again, going to showcase what NXT UK is all about. And it does not disappoint. It starts out with Blair Davenport versus Saya Brookside. We're happy to see Davenport, you know, there. Happy to see the Blairs, you know, showcasing what she can do. But in my opinion, she needed to stay where she was. Not saying that she isn't a good talent. Not saying that she's a valuable asset to NXT UK. She is. But we know NXT. We know WWE's track record. And it doesn't hold or bold well you having Zaya Brookside over there. Now, Davenport, fantastic too. Zaya, absolutely amazing. But if you've not seen Zaya Brookside, go check her out. This girl is incredible. She is a talent you do not want to miss. She is amazing. Absolutely amazing and incredible talent. This was a good match. Great female women's competitors match. Of course, Blair Davenport did defeat Zaya Brookside. Great win for Blair. Good win for Blair. Well, we also find out. Remember, I told you guys about eight, about seven, about seven uh, twenty-nine, and this whole thing with Mustache Mountain semibiosis, and there could be a possibility for a shot at Pretty Deadly's title. Well, Mustache Mountain doesn't waste any time. Them and Pretty Deadly have some nasty words with each other. Could Mustache Mountain be the next contenders for Pretty Deadly's titles? Is it possible that we could see it? Is it very possible that we could see this fight? I would be on board to see Pretty Deadly versus Mustache Mountain for the for the NHC UK tag titles. I would love it. It would be incredible. It would be a great matchup. I would actually enjoy that matchup. I really, really would. I think it would be an incredible match. So next, we have... going to be interested to see what happens to Pretty Deadly and Mustache Mountain. Stu comes out to announce that, that there will be a tournament starting next week with eight men to determine who will be the next challenger for Tyler Bates' Heritage Cup 
Championship. And this tournament will feature these NXT superstars. Mark Andrews, Noam Dar, Kenny Williams, Oliver Carter, Nathan Frazier, Tiamat, Sam Gradwell, and Wolfgang. Guys, this is incredible. This is absolutely incredible. You've got some of the best eight competitors all going against each other for Tyler Bates' title. You can only imagine how hard these guys are going to work to get that position. It's this is incredible. I mean, incredible. Again, the competitors are Mark Andrews from Subculture. Noam Dar, we all know Noam Dar. We love the Supernova Sessions. We love him. Kenny Williams. We all love Kenny Williams. We know what Kenny Williams is capable of. Granted, I don't like Kenny Williams, but you all know why I don't like Kenny Williams. Oliver Carter. Carter is incredible not only as a tag team competitor with his partner, but he's also incredible as a singles competitor. Nathan Frazier. I shot from the rooftops over Nathan Frazier. Nathan Frazier is incredible. This man, there's nothing this man can't do. He's absolutely incredible. Tiamat. Tiamat is incredible as a singles competitor. Well, what he's doing with Rohan Raju, I don't like. But as a singles competitor, yes. Tiamat is absolutely amazing, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in this Eliminator match. Sam Gradwell. We know what Sam Gradwell is capable of. If you guys have not seen Sam Gradwell, go check out his fight with Trent Seven, and you will see what I'm talking about. Gradwell is amazing. This man is amazing. And then we have Wolfgang. Ah! How, what half of Gallus? I love Wolfgang. I'm looking forward to seeing what Wolfgang can bring to the table. And if Mark Coffey's going to be a little jealous that he's involved in this little match. Going to be interested to see how this goes. Of course, we know Elsa Dawn. This girl is really dark and twisted. If you guys have not seen Elsa Dawn, you need to go check her out. She's absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Not quite sure what this girl's going to do, but she's having her a little seance in the woods. Guys, you've got to go check out Elsa Dawn. This girl is amazing. She is absolutely amazing. Of course, we have Flash Morgan Webster. He finds out about the fight. The eight-man tag team top fight, you know, eight-man match, and he finally knows well, you know, that Mark Andrews is in it. And Wolfgang kind of comment, kind of makes some chatty comments to Flash Morgan Webster about more Mark Andrews. Webster doesn't like it. You don't disrespect subculture. You just don't do that. He Wolfgang keeps going, and we know how Wolfgang is. That's how he is. That's how he rolls. That's just how he talks. We all know that. But of course, he gets smacked by Flash Morgan Webster for running his mouth. Who didn't see that coming? Who didn't see it coming? Dave Mastiff and J Jack Stars team up together. Now, this is interesting. We've been wondering what Mastiff has been up to lately and why he's been, you know, having these quiet conversations with Jack Stars. Well, now we find out why. He wants to form a tag team with him and face Danny Jones and Josh Morala. This is a great match, guys. Jack Stars is incredible. He's an incredible competitor. And when you got Dave Bastiff with him, you can only imagine the sky's the limit as to what these two can do. And it is. It's an incredible match with, of course, Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars getting their very first win as a tag team. Yay! Props to him. Props to Jack Stars. Sky's the limit as to what can happen. 
Of course, a meal's in the back, and a meal does not like being disrespected. And I don't blame a meal at all. I don't like being disrespected. I would not like someone talking about talking to me or talking down to me. And a meal basically tells Nia that she's had enough, and they have a confrontation that involves her making the makeup and hair room. They pull hair. You know, usual cat fight, guys. I see this getting to be a very nasty fight between these two. Of course, Ava Valkyrie, she did not like about losing last week to Jenny, and she lays out another challenge for Jenny to face her again in another match. Told you, we're going to keep seeing this fight between Jenny and Ava Valkyrie until it ends. We're going to keep seeing this, and it's going to continue to get nasty between these two girls. Steve Turner, of course, Stevie Turner originally interrupted Mako Satomura about, you know, her being a champion and stuff in her training session. And Emil, you know, Emil McKenzie and Aaliyah Jones, James seems to provoke a challenge. So we think there might be, and there may possibly be, these three, you know, these three women going in a triple threat match to determine who's going to be the next, you know, contender for Mako Satomura's title. Going to be interesting to see what happens with these two. So we understand what happens with these three because these three literally are on the brink. I can't think of anybody that can take on Mako. Mako is dominating right now, so I can't think of anybody that can take on Mako Satomura. But maybe these three can. Maybe we'll see something good out of it. Who knows? Now we know that last week, and I'm going to bring you up to speed in case you guys missed it, A-Kid, of course, was medically cleared last week, and he's tired of Jordan Devlin running his mouth. He's had enough of Jordan, Jordan Devlin's, you know, talk is cheap stuff, and he wants to move on. So now he makes a claim to Stu, telling Stu that he wants a 30-minute Iron Man match against Jordan Devlin to end this feud for good. He wants it done. He wants it over with. He's ready to move on. Well, guess what? The main event of NXT UK for 8-5 is none other than for the first time in NXT UK history, a 30-minute Iron Man match between A-Kid and Jordan Devlin. And this is a match to be seen. It is absolutely an incredible match between these two competitors. Literally, absolutely incredible. It ends with A-Kid defeating Jordan Devlin with a score of two pins to one. Hopefully this ends up to you between Jordan Devlin and A-Kid. I don't know if Jordan Devlin and the Irish Ace is going to take that sitting down, but we'll see what happens. We'll actually truly see what happens between these two. I'm kind of excited to see what really will happen between you know these two, because like I told you guys, it, it, it it's amazing to see what this what NXT is capable of. It's really interesting to see what you know, what they're capable of. And I, I mean, I like it. I like it a whole lot. I really enjoy it. It's incredible to watch NXT UK as a whole. And it's going to be interesting. And like I told you guys, you need to watch TakeOver 36. I'm going to bring this up right now before I go any further with this podcast. I'm going to tell you guys, do not miss TakeOver 36. We will have Walter versus Dragonoff Part 2 for the NXT UK Championship. Do not miss this, guys. Now I'm going to go into something that I really, really want to talk about. And it's really bugging me. 
I told you guys how I felt about the whole thing with Bray Wyatt and Bray Wyatt's release. That was bugging me more than anything. More than anything in the world, you're releasing this many superstars. Guys, I'm going to tell you again. I know you're getting on social media and you're getting mad. That, you know, you're blaming Vince McMahon. You're go Vince has no control over this. This is all Nick Khan and the head of talent, uh, talent relations. This is their decisions. This is what they do. Bray Wyatt and Ric Flair were two of the ones that they released in this last batch. The other batches, according to rumor, were kept hush-hush. So we don't know who else in WWE was released. Well, after SmackDown on Friday night, Nick Khan did it again. He released 13 NXT superstars. NXT's barely got a roster as it is. And you're going to release 13 more? Puts it in a bind, don't you think? And if you've noticed, all you guys have noticed, these releases as of late, a lot of them have been in storylines. So it makes no sense as to why they're releasing them. But they've been in storylines, and we're scratching our head going, wait, they were in a storyline. Why are you getting rid of them in the middle of a storyline? Like I said, NXT is already struggling because they already have such a short roster that they're having to borrow from NXT UK, which really isn't fair to them. They're already short-staffed, and now you're going to turn around and to, to get rid of more? But I'm going to give you the list of the 13 competitors released from NXT on Friday night after SmackDown. This is all over social media. You can go look at it. Mercedes Martinez. Shocker. Did not see them getting rid of Mercedes Martinez. Giant Zanja. Ashton Hale. Guys, Ashton Hale was in the breakout tournament. Are you kidding me? You get rid of Ashton and he's only been he was in the breakout tournament. What the heck? Zika Smith. Tyler Rust. I know the bells are going off. Wait a minute. Yep. Tyler Rust was part of Diamond Mines. Again, in the middle of a storyline. You just created a new faction and now you fired one. Are you kidding me? What's going to happen with Diamond Mine? We don't know. Stefan Smith, Leon Ruff, oh, that one broke my heart, because Leon Ruff, we all know, was the NXT North American champion, he won it from Johnny Gargano with Damian Priest, and that really bugs me that they get rid of Ruff, they don't even give Ruff a chance to show what he can do, and that bugs me more than anything, that really bugs me. Kona Reeves. Kona Reeves has been with NXT for a very, very, very long time, so for you guys to release him, that's a shocker. Arya Sterling, Jake Atlas, you guys heard me correctly, Jake Atlas from NXT and 205 Live, I'm absolutely shocked, Jake Atlas, because apparently in Nick Khan's world he doesn't fit the mold, Bronson Reed. You guys heard me correctly. He just had a fight with Adam Cole last week on NXT. And Bronson Reed has been released from WWE. 14 years of hard work out the door. Because Nick Khan doesn't like him.
And the final one hits me hard. The final one bugs me more than anything because we all know what's going on with Adam Cole right now. We know the situation with Adam Cole. And we know what the superstar is capable of. We know how good he is. We know how hard he's worked to come back from injuries. We know how hard he's worked to get here. And now you're telling me you're going to release him. And he just had a few with Roderick Strong last week. Yeah, guys. Bobby Fish. That one, him and Bronson Reed and Mercedes Martinez, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. These 13 releases, guys, what is NXT? What is WWE doing? Do they even know? And they keep saying, oh, it's budget cuts. It's budget cuts. Is it really budget cuts, NXT, WWE? Is it really? You know dang well Triple H already has a small roster to deal with, and you release 13 of his roster. What is he supposed to do? Pull a rabbit out of his hat? He's going to have to borrow from NXT UK again. That, to me, is not fair. It's not fair. And he could be losing Adam Cole after TakeOver 36. A key player in the entire thing. And you just got rid of Bobby Fish and Bronson Reed? Really? Seriously, what is wrong with you, WWE? Have you hit your freaking head? Have you lost your mind? Guys, I don't know what is going on, but WWE is starting to lose my respect even more. They were already lost my respect when it came to Bray Wyatt. Now, these 13 being released, they lose my respect even more. The further and the more they do this whole, oh, we got budget cuts. Please, you're a multi-million dollar company. You don't have budget cuts. You're just being a butt and just being, oh, they don't fit my mold, so I want them gone. Come on, guys. We're not stupid. We didn't fall off the turnip, turnip, turnip truck yesterday. We know why you release these 13 stars. Because you're being a butt. Because they don't fit your PG mold. Get over it. I feel sorry, and I wish every single one of these guys, these guys, these ladies too, Bobby Fish, Bronson Reed, Jake Atlas, Ari Sterling, Tona Reeves, Leon Ruff, Stefan Smith, Tyler Russ, Zachary Smith, Ashton Hale, Giant Zanji, and Mercedes Martinez, the best in their future endeavors. I really believe you guys were given a golden ticket. You basically were given an opportunity to go somewhere else where you're better appreciated and you're used better. There are promotions out there that will give you, all of you, all 13 of you, an opportunity where WWE wouldn't. And to me, that speaks volumes. Don't look at this, you 13, as a failure. Look at it as a golden ticket. Something that was handed to you. That now you have the opportunity to go out and join these other promotions and do something great and make and prove to WWE that you're better than what they thought you were. That's what it shows. That's what it showcases to me. And it's, I, 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 I am heartbroken that all the, you know, Ric Flair, Bray Wyatt, all these NXT superstars, I am heartbroken. I am outraged that they're gone and that they are done the way they're done. No respect for them. No respect for what they've done for this company. No respect. That's how I see it. That's how I feel about it. And you guys may disagree. And you're entitled to disagree. But in my opinion, WWE already has enough problems. NXT is already shorthanded on the roster. And you go and pull this stunt. I have no respect for you. You're losing literally my respect. Literally losing my respect. But I want to thank you guys again so much for listening. Because like I said, without you guys, there would be no me. There would be no in the ring with
would not be here discussing everything that we are discussing. So I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Because like I said, without you guys, there would be no me. And I deeply appreciate it every time you, you know, every one of you. Tell your friends about In the Ring with Brandy. Get the, get the talk going. Get them on here. Tell them, you know, if they're wrestling fans, get them on here and let them listen. Because I promise they're going to enjoy this. And I appreciate you guys so much. And again, like I said, work flick confliction, work issues. I will be doing this every two weeks, but I will do my best to cover everything for those two weeks and keep you up on all WWE wrestling news. Anything that I find out, whether it be rumor or true, I will keep you up to date on it. I promise you, I will keep you up to date on all of it. Remember, anything that you guys want to talk about, you want to talk about these 13 releases, you want to talk about Bray Wyatt, you want to talk about Ric Flair, you want to talk about, you want to talk about AEW, whatever you guys want to talk about, get on my social media, give me a shout out, tell me what you think, give me your opinion, and I promise I'll respond to you back. Like I said too, get the word out to your friends. If they are wrestling fans, get the word out. Tell them about my podcast and tell them to jump on board and let's you give it a listen. Even if you want to critique me and tell me how bad I am, I don't. You know, negative feedback is still feedback. I'll take it. I, I appreciate it. Constructive criticism is the best kind of criticism, so I I will take it. But again. Hook me up on my social media, on my Facebook, on my Twitter at Wrestling Nights, Nights Ending with a Z, and on my Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy. And I want to thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope that y'all have a wonderful week, and I'll see you in, two, uh, in a week from this Sunday for more In the Ring action. Have a great night, guys. Thank y'all so much.